All right. Welcome in to the program. It is Grievances Filed. Season 5, I think probably episode 3 now. And back on the program is none other than Kyle Mansky. How are you today? Hey, buddy. Thanks for letting me back on. I don't know what I did, but tough loss for you guys to the Suns. Uh, you cannot lose to a team that has Jay Crowder on the bench, um, who we probably have worked, played more basketball this year than he had. Uh, right now you are kicking the Pistons' butt. So uh, if you've got to put your anger on someone, it's got to be on the tiny Pistons. Yep. But, uh, thanks for letting me back on. No, of course, you know, but I think I'm just a little upset with the Celtics in terms of, uh, you know, I miss Marcus Smart. He's the heart and soul of the team. You know, they need him. Derek White is not Marcus Smart. You know, it it does not compute there. There's there's a missing link. You have Creighton Pritchard. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh, you want to hear something funny, actually? Rumor mill stuff. Uh, right. So <laughs> I was at Equinox the other day in the city, and I was in, like, the outdoor sauna, and, like, these two girls are talking to each other, and... What, like, I don't know. They're talking about, like, um, oh, like, one of my friends or, like, my friend's boyfriend, Peyton, uh, like, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, wait, because she, like, made a reference that he's famous. And the other girl is like, wait, Peyton who? Like, who's Peyton? She's like, Peyton Pritchard. And she's like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, my God. What, why didn't you say anything? Well, I know. Oh, so... I wanted to keep eavesdropping to hear like what they would say if there was like anything bad. I didn't want to be like, "Oh, I'm a Celtics fan. I like Peyton Pritchard," and then they just like stop. You know, I wanted to get. Ga- I was in gather information mode right there. Wonder what kind of trade they would make. I I feel like you guys need size. Uh, Robert Williams can't stay healthy. No, your only true big man is Al Horford. Um, I've read online. I've read online that Grant Williams might be traded, but well, uh, I heard that too because he. I think he's gonna want way more than like he's end up worth. You know. So what? What could? What is like the eighth guy on an NBA team on a contending team worth? You tell me. Usually a bench player and a couple second round picks. They're 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 taking. They're trading all these picks that are like four or five years down the road that you're banking. Oh, the Nets are going to suck in five years. So we're going to ask for a 2029 first round pick because by then KD will be retired. That team's going to suck. So it might take you a 2027, 2028 second round pick. Mm -hmm. And usually like Grant Williams, (laughs) if you're trying to get like, I don't know, Cam Reddish or some side who I really, really want, but I don't think it's going to happen because this guy is a nightmare for trying to get into a fight with Austin Rivers. I really want Mo Bamba. Yeah. That's who I would love to have. But um, A, him fighting Austin Rivers, and B, Austin Rivers saying that, um, you know, we I, we only knew Mo Bamba because of a song, a rap song, <laughs> because of the player. <laughs> I have a quick Mo Bamba story for you. Um, so the place that we, that we work, uh, there's one of the, uh, security floor host people (laughs) and 
we were taught we we're both huge basketball fans so i'm talking basketball to him and he said hey i got a really funny mba story yeah so he told me that my family was visiting in town and my whole family are basketball fans so they came to visit me at work and on my lunch break i went to the mba team store which is on 45th 46th and fifth avenue we've walked by there yep i've wanted to go then you're like kyle we got to go to work <laughs> well because we were so. just out of work for like an hour to see Stephen a smith Stephen a smith <laughs> so so we were out there so he's so he said hey i'm out there I'm, I'm on my break you know just trying to show my family the nba store as he's in line they overhear in the announcement he thinks that he hears Hey everyone! If you spend two hundred dollars, you'll be you'll be checked out, and you'll get an autograph from Black Mamba. So he thought he heard Black Mamba. He's telling his family, "Oh my God, Kobe's here!" And he's texting all of his friends, "Kobe's at the NBA store. Kobe's at the NBA store." Yeah. So he buys one of those expensive Michelin Nest Laker jerseys. You know, they're like three hundred dollars. Yeah. He buys one of those. He's in line. He's telling everyone he posts on Facebook, Kobe is at the NBA store. I'm going to meet my hero. He gets to the front of the line. He looks and he says, wait, you're not Black Mamba. You're Mo Bamba. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mo Bamba looks at him. Uh, yeah, I'm Mo Bamba. What do you want me to autograph? Did he get the the Kobe jersey signed by Mo Bamba? No, he he turned it back. He was so disappointed. So when all of his friends were like, "Hey, did you get Kobe's signature? Did you get any photos?" It, unfortunately, I had to tell people, "No, I met Mo Bamba, not Black Mamba." Oh my God! Well, as as much as that sucks for that guy who didn't get to meet Kobe, there's. I mean, no offense, but the guy is probably waiting in line for hours, and then he's probably the only one wearing a Kobe Bryant jersey, and then the only one talking about Kobe. Everyone in line is probably like, why does this guy keep talking about Kobe Bryant right now? Like, seriously? Like, we're, we're here for Mo Bamba. I don't know how many people would be waiting in line, sleeping overnight, like, hey, we can meet Mo Bamba. Oh, my. Yeah, I don't. I would not. I, don't, I couldn't pick Mo Bamba out of a crowd. I just know that one song. Mo Bamba. Uh, the, the only guy I'd probably wait in line to see is maybe Bol Bol. If I could see Bol Bol, which wouldn't be tough because he's like seven foot six. Yeah. If I could meet that guy, I think that would be awesome. What about the White Mamba? Um, White Mamba, Bryant Scalabrini. Yep. Yeah, bingo. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Celtic legend. Celtic legend, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and commentator. NBA champion, a great commentator. I one of the best investments I have is NBA League Pass, and I really like uh, listening to him. Yeah, their broadcast is good. Lakers have a really good broadcast, and of course, like with the Bucks, I listen to. Or, I don't think I've missed a Bucks game in four, five years. Holy cow! That's I mean, that's that's crazy. I mean, eighty-two games a year, whatever it is. Yeah, usually. Sometimes, like, family things happen, and I'm told by Kyle, like, we're, we're at a family event. Do you just watch it on recording and, and go on kind of 
radio silence? Yeah, either that or um, I'll follow it and then I'll, like like you with Patriots, I'll rewatch the game because three hours after the game ends, yeah, you can get the whole game. You can get old NBA games, so I like rewatch and try to break down like, oh, this was a great play by Giannis, or oh, that was a bad turnover, or Giannis, why are you shooting a three? You don't have to shoot threes. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think sometimes the whole basketball season is just like you have your top teams and it's just you throw your hat out there for 82 games and then see who, uh, you know, the good teams are seated at the top and then it's all, all just waiting for the playoffs. I feel like they don't try half the time until they get to the playoffs. It's honestly not till after the All-Star break. The NBA season is too long. 82 games is too long. And I feel badly for, I think of that kid, who flew to Miami and spent thousands of dollars to meet his hero, Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler is like, nope, we're not going to play him. Not healthy, load management. And you spent all that to travel there, and I'd be so frustrated. Yeah, load load management is a a stupid thing to me. I mean, it's you get paid to play the game. You already have built-in off days. So, I mean, just go out there and play. But... It is uh it is Super Bowl week here. Yes, so is. we have some football to talk about. But the first things first, I hate that show by the way. You know the show First Things First? Hate it. Nick Wright, total douchebag. You know you know I, all those shows are recycled garbage and the morning show takes oh what happened last night and then the afternoon show is going to copy oh here's our take from the morning show. <laughs> And then the evening show, like, pardon the interruption or any any of it is like, oh, this is what Skip or Stephen A. said this morning. This is what, I don't know, Rich Eisen or someone else said. I know. Colin Coward said this afternoon. They all no, use each do- other's drops of, like, sound bites that they, they had throughout the day. It's all the same crap. I can't watch it. I can't listen to it. Yeah. I mean, one guy that I could watch over and over, Skip Bayless, of course, just because... He and I have a love and affinity towards Tom Brady, which brings us to our first topic. Tom Brady called it quits. He called it quits over uh, almost five days ago now, and and this yep. is what he said on February 1st. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know. So he's retiring for good. The rest of it was, you know, just whatever mishmash, 50 seconds of of him saying goodbye. You know, he only gets one soliloquy. He used the emotional stuff last year. But my initial reaction, and for two years in a row, everyone, you know, everyone texts me like, oh, Tom Brady's retiring. What do you think? Are you upset? And for two years in a row, I haven't been upset. And the the first time, it was because the clown, Adam Schefter, and ESPN's unlegitimate reporting. I mean, they they really are, like, it, it's a disgrace. Though they're they have no journalistic integrity there. They just report stories. It, it's horrible, and it all started, you know, with Deflategate. Um, you know, with whatever Mortensen and, and Schefter, fake news media. That's ESPN right there. So that's why last year, because if you remember, Schefter had leaked it and then it took Brady like a week to then say I'm retiring this year it's different reasons it's the next day 80 for Brady was released so it was 
publicity for his new movie. And then second of all, it really doesn't make a difference if you're retired in February or if you're an active player. Like it's unless you're playing in the Super Bowl, your status on February 1st doesn't really matter. Um, but to me, it's, you know, if he's going to get reinvested with football, then I want to see him play. If he's going to be checked out and kind of a, a foot half out the door like he was this year, and again, I don't blame him because the team around him was was horrible, but, you know, it, it, I'm not going to sit there and make excuses like, oh, being checked out is okay. It's not. And then same thing like in 2019 when he was checked out, um, you know, because they had freaking Nikhil Harry and, you know, Jacoby Myers as as receivers. And then Julian Edelman on a bone-to-bone knee. So he was not, I mean, he was so pissed off in 2019. He was pissed off in 2022. If he gets reinvested, I'd like to see it. But I don't think it's going to be anywhere besides the Buccaneers. So, I don't know. That's my thought on his retirement. What say you? Uh, it kind of reminded me when um, when Peyton retired. So after Super Bowl Fifty, uh, I, Peyton really didn't want to retire, but Peyton was kind of towards the end of his career. He had a mood alarm. Did. Uh, fortunately, had an amazing defense and was able to win a Super Bowl. But Peyton's like, I still want to play. And there were no teams that were really interested in him. So at that point, Peyton's like, all right, well, no team's interested in me. I guess I have to retire. Right. I have no choice. And I I feel like it might have been something similar with Brady. I think with Brady with Tampa, he was either upset with coaching, management, front office. Or it might have been Tampa saying, hey, like, you had a foot out the door. You didn't care. Let's try to move on to someone new, someone, new, someone yep. younger. And the other offers, the other teams that we talked about, like, Miami's going to commit to Tua. Maybe. His head. They're, they're going to commit to Tua. Yeah. The Raiders, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe you go with a Garoppolo. But there wasn't really an active market for an agent QB. And if he has a foot out the door and doesn't care at that point, if you're Brady, you're like, Hey, I don't really have much else to prove. Yeah. I've won seven Super Bowls. Uh, I, he never says it to, he never says calls himself, but I am the go. Like what else do I need to accomplish? And I gave up my marriage and my personal life for this year. So I can, retire focus on that i know within a month or two he's gonna have a competitive spirit and he wants to come back but there wasn't an active market for a qb and for an aging qb like brady that can just plug and play what other teams the 49ers said that they weren't interested in brady yeah well first of all you know my thoughts on why his marriage dissolved and it it wasn't because of him unretiring i think it was because of the jujitsu trainer and, you yes. know, Giselle's love affair with that trainer prior to that divorce. I mean, I'm no fool. I don't think you're going on a vacation to Costa Rica with your new significant other or boyfriend, whatever, a week after you get divorced, unless that relationship started prior to that. So Agreed. that's my thought on Giselle. Um, 
And if you remember last year to when Brady retired too, not only was, you know, one of the reasons why I thought he retired too was a power play to try and get off the Buccaneers and he was under contract, right? He that he had signed an extension before 2021 that brought him through 2022. And so... You know, after they lost to the Rams in the divisional, he retired, and I think he was trying to get out of the contract. And so if you remember, he actually flew um, across the pond to go see a Liverpool game because I think the Glaziers own... uh, Man U. They own Man U. That one, yeah. And so they went and had, like, a meeting out there. And my guess is Brady said, I want you to, you know, release me or give up my rights because I think he wanted to go to San Francisco then or something like that, or go to Miami then, because you remember the whole tampering thing um, yep. with Flores and Brian and Bill Belichick texting the wrong Brian Dayball, Brian Flores, you know, confused old 70-year-old man doesn't know how to text. So that whole stuff happened. So, again, the retirement last year, I think, was to get to another team. I think Brady, once the Glazers said, no, 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 you're under contract with us, I think he, he was like, oh, God. I have to play for them. So he never wanted to play for the 2022 Buccaneers. He never did. He was threatening retirement. He wanted to leave. But they said, no, if you want to play football, you're going to play it for us. You owe us that. You signed the contract. You're going to play. And so I think his entire thought process the entire year was, okay, I don't want to really play, and I'm going to do it with a foot out the door. And I keep saying a foot out the door. So – And I kind of mean by that, like, A, he's never going to take any hits because he'll get the ball out so quick, right? That line sucked, but he also got the ball out so fast he wasn't going to allow himself to get hit. Second of all, you know, whether it was, you know, there was rumors that he was going to take, like, every Wednesday off. I don't know if that really came to fruition because I was monitoring throughout the year. He showed up a lot. But he did go to Robert Kraft's wedding the Saturday before a Sunday game, that one in Pittsburgh where that the terrible Steelers at the time were able to beat the Buccaneers. So he was not fully invested. And you bring up the market for aging quarterbacks. I would have thought that maybe the Raiders would have wanted him to because they wanted, you know, prima donna Derek Carr out of there, and he is out of there. Um, and it's kind of McDaniel's last leg to stand on is if he doesn't have a successful season, he's out the door. I mean, the Raiders even said themselves, um, the Davises, they're – they weren't going to fire McDaniels because he still owed a lot of money and they don't have enough money to pay a second coach and McDaniels. So the thing about coaches' contracts is they get that money. So they basically weren't saying that he's doing a good job. That's why he's not getting fired. They're saying he's doing a bad job, but we can't afford to fire him. So this is literally his last shot. So I would have thought that he was going to go to the Raiders. Again, Brady needs like that that motivation to get reinvested. I don't know if he's going to have it. Half of his motivation when he went to the Buccaneers was, F you, Bill. I can prove you wrong. So, I don't know. He already did, but you're also going to go from the Glazers, which is one dysfunctional family. If you think the Glazers are cheap and don't spend money, like go to the Davis family where they have no money. Yeah. And that whole team is super dysfunctional. Like, so I, I just feel like that if he's going to go to Vegas, that it's going to be something similar in Tampa. Like, what do you have to prove? He has nothing to prove. Nothing. I don't see the fire in there anymore for Brady. So 
it's uh, time to go. Yeah, it is. And I, although I do think an NFL with Brady in it is better than an NFL without him. So it's going to, it's going to take some adjusting. So really the only old head quarterback we have left is uh, your man, Aaron Rodgers, And that's it. He's yeah. holding the torch high for him. The bad man himself, uh, Aaron Rodgers, is the last of the uh, old QBs. Uh, tough calling him an old QB because I believe he is 38, I want to say. Yep. But uh, 38 in this league is uh, very ancient, very old. And um, Ayahuasca keeps you young, right? It, it does, it does. But uh, he, he had a good year. I, I know his numbers were down, but he wasn't healthy. He had a broken thumb and was dealing with a broken thumb and it took a while for it to recover. And you're dealing with a whole new offense, whole new weapons. And the only way you learn is by playing. And Brady probably saw that, as you said, in 2019, yeah. or anytime any new weapons come in, it just takes time to build chemistry and Agreed. adjust. But, um, but they just I need a, like those I, old quarterbacks. They need a, freaking check back in they can't keep throwing like these hissy fits of like oh i'm not gonna try anymore like brady in 2014 they traded away logan mankins and he threw a fit he grew a beard and like he was like boo-hoo but then finally after they got blown out by kansas city it like snapped with him he's like oh crap i gotta focus and then they focused and they went on and won the super bowl you know but now but like these elder statesmen rogers and and Brady, I feel like they just don't have the patience anymore to like check back in. No, it's it's hard. It's hard. Someone at thirty eight that wants to work with a 22, 23 year old. It's a different maturity. Yeah. It's like you trying to teach or coach like a high school kid. Like they have a different maturity, and I'm like, you idiot! Like, don't do that. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> so, but go ahead. No, I was just gonna transition here to the next topic with finally involving some Super Bowl teams because it is, again, Super Bowl week. You want to say? You want, did you? Were you going to ask a Rodgers question? I feel like you were going to ask where I think he's going to end up. That we, have that we have that coming up on, uh, okay. our, on 10 questions. So, but that is, that is a good point. Where I, You saw him at the golf tournament. There are fans kind of chirping him or encouraging him. You know, I heard one group of fans saying Raiders, and he kind of looked over and laughed. Um, and I think he did ru- He did rule out one team. He was like, definitely not, uh, like, I don't know, he said the Bears. Yes, yeah, something like that. Definitely not the Bears. Well, he does own the Bears, according to himself. So, you know, he could uh, he could just sign himself. So that could work I out pretty good. I tell my cousin, every time I have a cousin that's a Bears fan, and when I text him, like, I own you, I own you, he writes back, you know. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, the Chiefs and the Eagles coming up this Sunday. Before we kind of get into, we have a, a segment coming up, and we'll do that after uh, our break in eight minutes when the Zoom meeting expires. But before that, I do want to ask, why are the Chiefs so hyped up? And honestly, everyone says, well, they've gone to five straight AFC championship games. And listen, it may not, it may just be me. As a Tom Brady fan, not wanting to give credit to the Chiefs because I think as soon as I give them credit, they'll start constructing arguments like stupid Nick Wright as to why Patrick Mahomes is the greatest of all time. Like, 
Can you hold your water, please? Like, he's not the greatest of all time. He's played five seasons. He's never played a road playoff game, but that's credit to him for having a good enough record to never need to go on the road. But at the end of the day, he's won one Super Bowl, and he hasn't played particularly well in his Super Bowl games. So I'll ask you, why are the Chiefs so hyped? It's like the freak. This is more hype than the Patriots ever received in their dynasty days, and they went to eight straight AFC Championship games. Way more hype for the Chiefs. It's ridiculous. As you said, the NFL, it's all about media twists and turns. Uh, the Patriots were very likable in their first Super Bowl, which was, I believe, Super Bowl 36. Six. Uh, and then even 38, I've, when you win a lot, uh, turns on you, and especially Belichick and the whole deflate gate. So that turns on the Patriots. When it comes to when it comes to the Chiefs, they've been in Kansas City. They have not been very good ever since the '90s, and even in the '90s, they had a head coach uh, Marty Schottenheimer, which they were good. In, they were good, a good regular season team, but eventually choked in the playoffs. Yeah. So it's a likable story. A team that before Super Bowl Fifty Four hasn't won since Super Bowl Four with the great. Uh, Hank Stram is their head coach and Len Dawson. So it's this great market, Kansas City, middle of nowhere. Patrick Mahomes, except for his brother. And I don't know and if his wife or fiance. Wife. Yep. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a likable, nice guy. Andy Reid is a very, very likable, laid-back guy. If there's some one NFL coach I would want to have a beer with and have like hang out with, it would probably be Andy Reid. I agree, and I think he celebrates with by eating cheeseburgers, he always says, too. So he he is a likable guy. I don't know if I, I have the obsession with Mahomes as to his likableness factor. Maybe I, I'm just not like... I like the way that guys like Peyton and Brady and Rodgers played quarterback. I don't know if I like this whole running around and then, we will throw it 70 yards down the field and like throw it underhand and... Oh, one of the best plays of all time was when Mahomes threw an incompletion in Super Bowl 55. Seriously? Just because he threw it when he was horizontal? That's one of the greatest throws of all time? Like, get out of here, you know? But he's got... What I've learned, and this has come as a Packers-Rogers fan, and as we've talked about, coaching makes more impact in the NFL than any other league. So you can be a Patrick Mahomes. You can even be a, you can be a Brock Purdy. But if you have good coaching, if you have a good system and you're in the right environment, you're going to be successful. And as you've seen this as a Brady fan or as an ex-Patriot fan, Belichick needed Brady. Yep. But also Brady also kind of needed Belichick and his coaching and defense. We're like, hey, I'm going to put a good defense around you so you don't have to worry about that. But we have Josh McDaniels. We have whoever, Joe Judge, we're Matt Patricia. We're going to put good coaches and a good system around you for you to be successful. And it's something similar with Patrick Mahomes. Now, he has a great head coach. He's had Doug Peterson. He's had other weapons that's worked around him. And it's successful. But it has to go both ways. You have to have good coaching, but you also have good players that understand the system 
and can fit it. And yeah, he's never played a road playoff game, but that's that's on him for being a good quarterback and also on having a good team. I've seen it as a Packer fan that Rodgers is the best thrower of the football of all time. Mm-hmm. He is, when it comes to stats, he is amazing. He changed but the way that people physically throw the football. Like, you see how Mahomes Mahomes and Allen have, like, that drastic, like, three-quarters arm angle. But Brady mm-hmm. actually transitioned to that almost rotational style throwing. You know how, like, Rodgers does that, like, flick of the wrist? And, like, he comes almost from the side a little bit. Brady transitioned from, I always remember he said, he, like, he used to have his arm, bicep near his shoulder, arm like straight up over the top and then because of Rodgers he started transition his throwing motion in 2012 2013 because of that and that like basically rejuvenated and restarted his whole second half surge because it allows you to drive the ball downfield and throw with accuracy one of the things that Rodgers is so good at like those you know he could throw the ball deep and so accurate in the tight spiral you know that was Rodgers' whole thing. Like you said, best thrower of the football. And it was because of his mechanics, and now everyone follows suit. But because you have great mechanics, a great individual quarterback is not going to equal football is a team sport. It is a team win. In Rodgers' 10 playoff last losses, the defense has allowed 32.9 points per game. You have to play perfect football, and that's not going to happen. Brady and Rodgers are not going to be good every day game. They're going to have games they stink, but you need your defense. You need other ass sides of the ball to pick up that pace. And that is tough to do. And Mahomes, I will say with the Chiefs, I don't really like their secondary. Their secondary is young. I don't like how they play, but how the Chiefs, their style of football is, okay, yeah, our secondary is not as good. Maybe our, our run defense isn't as good but we're going to get the ball first we're going to try to score 7 14 and then we dare you to throw us try to outscore outpace us it works in the short term it's gonna work for five or so years my only fear with them is when players get older when a, when a kelsey gets older yep. or other guys finding those weapons around or even that. andy reed andy reed is not a spry man and i think like you we talked about before he has a lot to do with that success in the offense. And he is. Look at Chad Henney. Yeah. Chad Henney was able to move the ball down the field when Mahomes was out for a bit against the Jaguars. Yeah. Reed is huge to this. You know, not, you know, this is a whole nother topic. But the fact that both Biennemi and Andy Reed hold the big freaking play card, like, just so, I mean, I, Andy Reed calls the place. I think it's clear as day. So I don't know why they give Biennemi a play card. Maybe that's why he's not being hired. Everyone complains, well, why isn't Eric Biennemi being hired? Maybe because Andy Reid completely runs the offense. But I think we're up against it right now. We're going to have to, you know, restart the Zoom meeting. So we'll cut to a break right now, and uh, we'll get back. We'll get back in a few. All right, coming back to uh, the program right now. It is uh, grievances filed, of course, and we are coming back to you from break. So we were just discussing previously the Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs hype, 
And, you know, why do does everyone obsess over this one Super Bowl winning team over the last five years? The Patriots won three out of four in the early 2000s. Chiefs are one of five so far, and I think they will stay one of five after this Super Bowl Sunday. We'll get to our predictions in just a little bit. And then again, the Patriots in the later 2010s won three out of six or three out of five, whatever the math turns out, 14, 16, and 18. So, yeah, three out of five. But, you know, hey, maybe that's just me being a salty ex-Patriot current Brady fan. I'm just I'm just Wait. defending the wall, Kyle. I'm defending the wall. Andrew, have you have you read the script already from Arian Foster? Have you read the script? Yeah, well, the, the script is leaked right for the Super Bowl. I saw that. I saw that the script is leaked. Is there any point watching it if you know what the script is? No. So this is going to be a great test. If this if the game actually turns out like that, wouldn't that be neat? So the script said what thirty seven thirty four Kansas City. That is- 3734 Eagles actually. Eagles. Okay. I could I could get down with that score. 3734 Eagles. So we'll get to our Super Bowl predictions and thoughts after the 10 questions. But we could introduce this segment. 10 questions. Kyle and I will both give an answer to these. So we'll start just going right down the list. Some of them are Super Bowl related. And, you know, some of them are current NFL event related. So, Kyle, I'll start with you. The first question, who is the best non-QB in the Super Bowl and why? Probably Travis Kelsey. He's the best tight end in the NFL. He's Mahomes' number one weapon. I mean, Mahomes would still be a good guy, but it's easy. You can throw it down the middle to Travis Kelsey. He's big, but he's also athletic. And you have a running back. Being the tight end is the best because you're fast enough to go past the uh, linebacker, defensive back lineman, but then you're also um, big enough for a defensive back trying to attack on you. So, easy question. Come on. Now, yeah, it, it it does seem like the straightforward answer would be Travis Kelsey, but I'll I'll change it up on you right here. I'm gonna go with Isaiah Pacheco. Okay, you know that I like myself some Pacheco right here. Okay, because. I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to drop back and throw it 60 times against this Eagles defensive front. The The Chiefs obviously have a much better offensive line than they did two years ago in the Super Bowl when Tampa Bay's defense got after them with just a four-man rush. They were swarming Mahomes, and they were able to play coverage. If this Eagles defensive line can get to Mahomes, they're going to have to run the ball and I think they're going to obviously be running it with Pacheco. He has that unique combination of, like, burst, size, and speed that not all running backs have. And he can catch it out of the backfield. That's a huge weapon. You know, throwing, setting up a screen to Pacheco, just letting him split out as a receiver or handing the ball off. I think that he, you know, Kelsey's a great one, but the focus is all going to be on Kelsey. If the Eagles have any smarts to them, I think that they're going to have to clamp down on Kelsey and then look out for Pacheco. Okay, number two. This is maybe subjective here, but why are both teams so unlikable in the Super Bowl? Eagles, Chiefs, I see it going around all of Instagram. It's a a pie graph of who America is rooting for. It's a sliver for the Chiefs. It's a sliver for the Eagles, and the majority of it says no one. That's what I'm seeing around. 
I, I think I've seen one of those uh, sweaters that says, I hope both teams lose. <laughs> um, imagine if it ended up in a tie, that would never happen. But uh, I don't see the Chiefs as unlikable. I mean, they're a likable team. They haven't won for so long. It's like, I would imagine if people had this conversation about the Lions. Imagine if there's like Lion Browns, are both teams unlikable, or a Lions Jaguars Super Bowl. People would be so happy about that. Yeah. Like two, three years of the Lions being good. Like, who would say, I'm sick of the Lions winning? I hope that happens one day in my life. I hope I can say, man, I'm tired of the Lions always winning. So I disagree with the Chiefs on that. Uh, for the Eagles, the I would say the fans. The fans are aggressive to you and not nice. If um, – if you're a non-Eagles fan, but uh, I've gone to an Eagles game before, and um, it was an Eagles-Titans game back in 2014. Yep. Uh, the Eagles beat the living crap out of the Titans, and I remember wearing an Aaron Rodgers Packer jersey to a Eagles-Titans game, and not the nicest things were said to me. So I don't know if it's the team, but more likely sometimes the fans, if you're going to a game, can be a bit obnoxious. I agree. So my thought on why they're unlikable, the Chiefs, it's because of Mahomes' wife and and brother. Well, that, to, I, I would say, okay, I for, how did I forget about that? How did I forget about Jackson? For, for like, years in a row, especially it was like during the 2020 season in 2021, <laughs> or like when he was dancing on like some uh, someone's like – he danced on uh, Sean Taylor when Sean yes. Taylor's number was getting retired. They had a little section for uh, Jackson and his wife. Yep. And then uh, he did one of his TikTok dances near the 21 number. I think it was in the roped-off section. It was crazy. It was in the rope-off section. And then you see the videos, too, of, of freaking Brittany Mahomes. She threw, like, a drink on someone in the club seats. Where she was. Yeah, that was that was a Sunday night football game. I want to say that was 2020 or 2021 when they played um, the, I want to say that was Ravens. Yeah, so to me, it's just low class on both sides. Eagles fans, I, I've been around them, especially when the Patriots played in the Super Bowl 2017 season. I think they're rude. You all hear about Eagles fans, how nasty they are. So I think it's bad fans and bad relatives that is why i think it's so unlikable there and you just hear too much about them i don't like those like nfl network good morning football like ooh, these teams are so fun like i don't like that i don't like that you know hype around it that's why i think they're unlikable okay so bet name the best quarterbacks of all time and stop when you get to patrick mahomes uh well, I'm going to name my personal – I know your answer is Tom Brady. Yeah. But I'm going to name you my favorite quarterbacks of all time. Um, my favorite as a kid was obviously Brett Favre. Brett Favre is the reason why I love the Packers and love the NFL. One of the best moments was going to Brett Favre Steakhouse in Milwaukee. Yeah. And I have a menu from Brett Favre Steakhouse that uh, – I kept when we left in like 1999 and I have it in my room in great condition. I don't know how many people want a Brett Favre steakhouse menu, but I do have one. Uh, my other favorite quarterbacks are uh, Aaron Rodgers, the bad man. Yep. Such a 
also a very, very nice guy. Does so much work for uh, Green Bay in the state of Wisconsin. My my third favorite quarterback as a kid, I really, really like Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner, uh, if people don't know, was playing for the Iowa Barnstormers in the uh, Arena Football League, was also a backup QB for the Green Bay Packers. The 1994 season, yeah. I believe, had Kurt Warner, Brett Favre, and Mark Brunel. Didn't Mooch cut him? Mooch cut him. That's ah. correct. <laughs> Mooch was our um, off quarterback, offensive coach for the Packers. Uh, that team was loaded. That team had John Gruden, Steve Mariucci, Andy Reid, and was head coached by Mike Holmgren. Yep. And one of my biggest regrets is when um, Andy Reid was offered the opportunity to head coach the Eagles, the Packers just let him go instead of pay up to keep him. Imagine if he would have stayed in Green Bay with Barvin Rodgers. One man can dream wish. If he was able to get the four straight NFC championship games with Donovan McNabb, I didn't even want to imagine with Barvin Rodgers. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, um, But quick unrelated thing, if you have never been arena football, is probably my favorite sport to attend live. It is so much fun. It is like you see like an 80. I went to a game once that was 80-73. Holy crap. I've never actually I've never been to that, but that I'll and put that on my list. The best thing with arena football is when they kick the extra point or if they ever do a field goal, they don't put the they don't put the, the net is down. So my friends and I used to do when we'd go to um Milwaukee bone crusher games we used to like get in our seats we would sit in the upper level we would run up and then <laughs> they kick a field goal we would try to catch a ball so my friend two of my friends and I went to a game once and I think we caught like six or seven footballs oh and we were god. able to keep it like they weren't they didn't like tell us to get rid of it yeah oh my god that's great but I need it I need I'll put that on my bucket list of places to go I'll go see some arena football but um I'll take you my my list of quarterbacks, I'm not going to include the Johnny Unitas's of the world or anything like that. That's not like the Why? same quarter. That's not Why? the same quarterback position that they're playing it's, now. It's two different times. That's like so how can like you? Co it's comparing apples to oranges. I can't do that. You. It's two different. Johnny I'm doing. Is a great this is my list. I'm I'm doing modern quarterbacks here. So obviously I have Brady number one. I'm going to put Peyton Manning number two. I'll do. Joe Montana, three. I'll put Aaron Rodgers up there in that top four. Um, Why do you say top four when he's number four? <laughs> in that four. People say top ten, and I'm like, oh, he's number ten. Aaron Rodgers is top four, and he's not one, two, or three. So, uh, <laughs> but and then I think Mahomes. Mahomes, I think probably is is at the later half of my of my top ten, maybe around seven or eight. I'm not doing the full list here, but you know, maybe sprinkle in, you know, an an Elway or Marino, and then finally you'll start approaching Mahomes around six or seven. But again, if he goes all these years without winning more Super Bowls, he might turn into he might turn into Drew Brees, and it might. I think he could go down the list if he doesn't win Super Bowls. So that's my opinion on him. Um, okay, next question: the question that you want to hear. Best landing spot for Aaron Rodgers this season? Green Bay. Stay in Green Bay. You have weapons. Another year with the offense. Another year building chemistry. 
stay in Green Bay, make it work. The last thing you want to do, this team is so is tied up with so many expensive contracts. We're starting to be at where the Saints were a couple of years ago, yep. where it's just better to let him play and let those contracts die out than have a young QB and all these expensive pieces and be eight and eight or be in the middle. You can't really blow it up and rebuild. But no, you're middling. Staying Green Bay. You're middling. But at least, you know, I, I think from having this scene play out in, in New England, I'd, I'd want him to stay in Green Bay and then just try and put some pieces around him. Don't start over. Don't go to Jordan Love. Don't take you know what you have in Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is incredible. So keep him in Green Bay. It sounds like he's okay with leaving though. That's the scary part. But my answer to this question too, stay in Green Bay. Don't go somewhere else. Don't restart at 38 years old. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that same fire and motivation that like a guy like Brady might have where, you know, he loves and is obsessed with football. Rodgers I don't think he's obsessed with football, but yeah. I think you got to keep him in Green Bay. Put something around him. The cap is crap. You can figure it out if you're Gutekunst, okay? So, you know. But also, Rodgers learned from Favre, and he knew that when he was going to be in that situation, he didn't want Jordan Love or a younger QB to go through what he did when Favre decided to retire on retire trade. Yeah. Speaking of someone that might pull a Favre, our next question, will Tom Brady – Stay retired. Yes. <sighs> yeah, I think so. I want him to. I want him to pull a Favre. I I would be perfectly okay if if in two months Brady unretired and everyone texted me saying, "Oh, he's like Brett Favre now." What do you think? I'd much rather have that and see Tom Brady playing next September. You know. I would need that. I want that. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's happening. We talked about it. He doesn't like the Bucs. All right, moving on. Someone else who I don't like. I think he's a tool bag, Kyle. So, who are the biggest tool bag tight ends? We could expand this past tight ends if we'd like. And stop when you get to Travis Kelsey. I can go first here. So, tool bag, tool bag tight ends first of all I think Kelsey's like number one the fact that he's like screaming at the trophy presentation you gotta fight for your right to party I like that and then he called the mayor of Cincinnati uh what a jabroni a jabroni Kelsey oh my god maybe like Hernandez is up there for tool bag but I mean I mean I think technically Technically, by the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Hernandez might have died an innocent man because he was still on trial for, like, two of the murder cases um, when when he was appealing them, and he killed himself in prison. So, you know, listen, I don't make the rules of, uh, you know, of Massachusetts here, but Hernandez, you know, might have had a clean slate. <laughs> but I don't know. There's not many people that top Kelsey in the league who are tool bags. Even expanding it outside of tight end, like... Who else do you hate? I mean, like hate because they're a, a douche. I don't know. Kelsey's Kelsey's up there. Lane Johnson, I mean, maybe? I mean, guys that I used to hate that I think were dirty. I'm like how these guys were in the NFL. I just think of, like, I think of the Cincinnati Bengals is they have a lot of these guys that have potential but could never put it together or so undisciplined, like Bontez Burfick <laughs> and uh, – Pac-Man Jones. Holy crap. Those two. 
Those two were on a, you know, oh my god, they were they on were the field when team. when they killed Antonio Brown in 2015. Well, you know, you know, I think from that, that's when he started. I don't know if it was CTE, but it was from that hit or from that game. AB was never the same. No, never. But Antonio Brown blamed it on James Harrison. Really? Yeah. So in in like practice or something, they're on the same team. But when you get hit like that, and like Vontez knows what he's doing. Yeah. Vontez perfect could pack a punch. He was he was really good. I mean, so was Pac Man Jones. But I, I mean, both of them were good, but they just never were disciplined and just made stupid mistakes. Like I just think of that playoff game against the Steelers when Vontez perfect. Uh, a hits A B to the head, and then B, Pac Man Jones, being an <laughs> idiot, pushes Joey Porter. Yes, like you're getting. Do you push Joey Porter, and then an official? Like, what? What are you doing? Idiots. There's a lot of idiots in this league. You know, I always say, if you and I were in the NFL, you know, we could have like a thirty year long career because you know we wouldn't, you know, <laughs> we wouldn't do idiotic things. All right. Unfortunately. Like we're not that athletic. Uh, I know. Maybe we could, you know, play some flag football and, and get scouted. You know, we'll get scouted by Steve Belichick. We'll come on down to, uh, to. We're still, we're still trying to get a flag football league to work. I don't know. I know because the co-ed league, no one is there. We never have enough girls to play. <laughs> never. Uh, all right. N- number seven, Andy Reid is 61 games behind Bill Belichick and he's six years younger than him. At this stage, when Bill Belichick was Andy Reid's age, Reid has more wins at the same age. So, does Andy Reid have a shot of passing Bill Belichick? Because everyone talks about Belichick and Don Shula. Reid has a chance, especially now with 17 games. What do you think? Yeah. He's got got one of the best, probably, he's got the best QB in the NFL. He still has a good team. As long as Mahomes is healthy, you can get 12, 13 wins. So Plus playoffs. Plus playoffs. You get Plus one or two playoffs. every year. So you're going to have the extra game. Belichick, I don't know how much longer he has. I've seen enough from Mac Jones. This, I, I, I'm not a Mac Jones fan. I No. My window is usually two or three years. After two or three seasons, I can kind of tell. I kind of know what you're going to get. Yeah. No, I'm with you. It's... I think the only thing that holds back Andy Reid is probably his health. Like, and, 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 you know, no no joking matter here, but he's he's 64 years old and he's not in great shape. So I don't know how much longer he would he would do it. But I, I he does have a good shot, the pace that he's on. You know, he's in the extra game. I think it's going to help. I think he's got a shot. All right, Jalen Hurts, the other quarterback who no one seems to be talking about right now. Is he a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? playing like it he's had a good year he's played well but he has a good um he has a great defense he has a great o-line um as i've said football is a team sport and when you have a great o-line when you have good weapons when you have a aj brown and you have a Devonta smith uh those are able to cover up but he's played like a top 10 qb this year so yeah. i would say yes I'd say he's probably right on that fringe of 10. Um, you know, I don't have them all to rattle off in front of you right now, but I think his team around him, like you said, is just so good. Uh, offensive line, great. I hate Lane Johnson, though. Defensive line, great. 
Um, you know why I hate Lane Johnson? Why? Because you know what he said one time? He was like, when, when they beat the Patriots in 2017, he's like, see, we can have fun and win. I'd much rather have this Super Bowl and have fun than, like, be a part of that. And all the Patriots were like, you won six Super Bowls. Like, you got you got one there for you, okay? So stop talking oh, no. about having fun. So, like, Lane Johnson, I think he's an idiot. Okay, everyone talks about Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey. Name a better storyline than the stupid Kelsey brothers playing each other in the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know if it's a general story, but I will say just seeing uh, how the Eagles have gone within not making the playoffs 2020 of Doug Peterson uh, purposely tanking that last game to get a better pick. And within two years and with a rookie quarterback or quarterback on his rookie deal, at least rookie deal is being able to substantially upgrade the roster and draft. Well, they hit on a lot of, they hit on a lot of picks and they're getting, I think the saints pick as well this year. So this kind of shows, I think the NFL is a copy paste league. If they see what one team is doing, they're going to copy that same format, that same model. So a lot of teams are seeing, hey, we when the QB is young, when the rookie QB is young and on that rookie deal, we got to overpay for the O-line, overpay for D-line, try to go all in for a wide receiver, try to help our guy. Because we have a two, three-year window to make it work. And then after they pay, we either – hey, we'll have to take a step back or we have to evaluate our QB. Is this our QB of the future? Yes. Okay, we're going to pay him. We're going to try to complement his skills with other weapons. If not, then okay, this is not our guy. We have to let it go. We have to let him go. Yeah. Or one-year prove-it deal and then try to figure it out. But you're going to see a lot more teams, in my opinion, if the opportunity is there, kind of win on a rookie deal or do something like the Rams that is like, hey, we're going to go all in this year. If it works and we win, yep. great. We're going to have to pay for it the next couple of years, but we won the Super Bowl. So I think just seeing how the Eagles have turned it around within two or three years shows the parity of this league and other teams following, following that uh, same format. I think that's a great point. And you think about they're able to reload – they were in the Super Bowl in the 2017 season, and they still have a lot of the same guys there. Like, a lot of the yeah. offensive line is similar. You know, they got those guys like Brandon Graham on the defensive line. So, for they were able to, like, rejuvenate the roster. So, I like you said, I think that's a great, great point. You know, for two years in a row, it was Tampa and L.A., and everyone was saying, oh, just make that one big push and sign everyone in free agency. Now, if the Eagles win, like you said, it's going to be – Rookie contract, you know, load the team around them, so on and so forth. I think a storyline that you should keep watch out for is if Mahomes doesn't win, he is going to be one for three in Super Bowls. And if he plays poorly, he'll have played poorly probably in, in three Super Bowls. And so now it's he's been around five years. He's the second coming of Jesus Christ, but he's the only one won Super Bowl. I think that is going to tamper a lot of... Mahomes talk, hopefully, because I'm sick and tired of hearing of it. But I think that's something else to watch out for. Is Mahomes going to have a good Super Bowl? We'll see. He might have a great one or, you know, if he doesn't perform. So speaking of. You already read the script. You already know the answer. (laughs) Yeah, we'll put up 34 points. But um, 
Speaking of Mahomes, last question on our 10 questions is, was Mahomes injured in the AFC Championship game performance that impressive? Still, still won. I don't think it was that impressive. Working on a broken leg. Hey, it was an ankle sprain. Ankle sprain. But I I don't think it was that good. I mean, the Bengals should have won, in my opinion. They played well enough, but this game comes down to good teams don't make good teams make good plays. Bad teams make bad decisions. So when you know Patrick Mahomes, he'll probably be the NFL MVP this year. And he's running outside the sideline. And you push him, the NFL is going to protect their QB, and that's going to be a 15-yard penalty. And yes. But come on, relate this to basketball here for a second, okay? If, for example, someone went up and took the last shot, and or not even say that they missed. Let's say like there's seconds left. And then someone, you know, yells, I don't know what would get you a, a technical, like would would saying like would like saying like F like just swearing get you a technical? I don't I don't know what would. But imagine a non basketball play gets the other team a technical, they shoot the free throw, they win the game. To me, he's already out of bounds. He already got his yardage. It's uh happened one foot out of bounds. And then you basically decided the game because you you called the technical foul, and then you gifted in the game. So, I mean, that's the way I'm looking at it. It wasn't a football play. It wasn't like roughing the passer or something like that. That is affecting the play, and that is on the play. It's not like a defensive holding or a pass interference or anything like that. Call it if it's has to do with the play. He's already out of bounds. And really, it's not. It wasn't a huge push. It was more like feet tangled, one foot out of bounds. Listen, Osai is an idiot. He played a great game, but to have the game come down to that, and then everyone gets to say, "Well, Mahomes had a sprained ankle and threw for three hundred yards and won the game." Like, oh my god, that wasn't the most impressive injured performance I've seen in an AFC Championship game. What is your most inspirational performance you've seen in an AFC championship game? From, from someone who is injured, this is right here. Listen to this clip. Everyone's been clamoring since Wednesday to know as much as we can with any specificity about the injury. What can you tell us now? What happened and what was it like today? Well, I said we'll see. <laughs> so how'd it go? Uh, I think pretty that well. was the game that both you and I were at. Tom Brady against the Jaguars. And he had an incredible performance against... Here's something that's impressive. It's not he won because he got uh, a non-football-related penalty that won them the game. You know how he won? He had an open wound in his throwing hand. He didn't have Julian Edelman. He had no Gronkowski for the second half. He was down 10 points in the fourth quarter, and he was facing the number one pass defense in the entire league. And he was throwing to Danny Amendola, and he won. That, to me, is more impressive, having an open wound in your throwing hand than having a spatted-up ankle sprain. But, hey, that's, that's just me. Greatest NFL game I've ever been to, probably that one. I agree. I agree. And we'll we'll close out the show. We have two more things left. 
Uh, we'll talk about favorite Super Bowl moments at the end. But, all right, you talked about the script. Give me your game pick. Who wins? Tell me Tell me the score. What do you think? Uh, just, just like WWE, I am going to stick with the script. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not doing this because of Control-C, Control-V. Yeah. I really like how the Eagles play. Uh, they're playing very well right now, and they're a complete team. I don't trust uh, Kansas City's secondary. I don't trust the defense. Uh, will Mahomes be able to put 34 points? Yes, but I, I am going to stick with the script. I think Eagles do win this 37-34. Wow, that is the, the exact script. I'm going to go way low, lower scoring. This game is reminding me a little bit of the 2018 season. When the Patriots, you know, they just beat Kansas City in Kansas City 37-31. They were scoring lots of points. The Rams with Jared Goff were scoring a ton of points. Everyone said, oh, my God, this game is going to have a lot of points. And in the end, it didn't have a lot of points. I'm going low scoring here. Similar to the AFC Championship game, I think I'm going to go maybe like, I'll go 23-16. to Mahomes has another stinker, putting up 16 points in the Super Bowl. 23-16, to 16, Eagles win. Fly, Eagles fly. You know, I think Jalen Hurts, you know, he threw for a buck 20 and was able to win the NFC Championship game. This is going to be another one of those type of performances. Run the ball, control the game, and in the end, it'll be too little too late for uh, Mahomes. I, I'm going 23-16. The teams, the teams that beat Mahomes, if you ever watch, if they do the same thing with Rodgers. Like, hey, let's run the ball. Let's try to get a six, seven-minute drive. And if we keep the ball out of his hands, we're going to win. Yeah, because if he has all the possessions in the world, yeah, like, sure, you can. they can afford to punt. But if it's like that, well, that's exactly how the Patriots have, like, beaten them in the past. It's like they would have an eight-and-a-half-minute drive, and they'd score a touchdown. And then Mahomes would punt. And then they'd have another six-minute drive, score a touchdown, and Mahomes would punt. And it's like, wow, a quarter and a half is gone now, you know? And Mahomes has only touched it twice. So, you know, it sounds easier said than done, but I don't know. Someone, If, if Kelsey has 13 catches, I'm going to scream. Like, cover him, dude. Like, it's so basic for defense. Like, you know, cover 87. Come on. And no one gets their hands on him. They all let him get a free release off the line. Like, get two guys on him. Your edge guy should freaking knock him over, and then you can get your coverage guys on him after that. So that's what I have. So Super Bowl coming up this Sunday. I have 23-16. You have 37-34. Both taking the Eagles. But speaking of Super Bowls, and we'll wrap up the show with this. What is your favorite Super Bowl memory? My favorite Super Bowl memory was when I was five years old. The Packers beat the Patriots in Super Bowl 31. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember this just like I was five. Uh, final score was 35-21 Packers. Uh, Desmond Howard was the first special teams player to win Super Bowl MVP. The Michigan man. One of the- yep. Uh, so he was. he had an amazing year. But what I remember about that year is the day after the Packers won the Super Bowl, there was a return to title town celebration. And I got off the school that day. I was five years old. So I got out of kindergarten. And I remember going to, um, it was me, my mom, my dad, my sister, my aunt, uncle, cousin. We were like in this RV. And it was one of the greatest days of my life. 
we were in this RV driving up to Green Bay. The RV had a VCR player, which was awesome. Yeah. So the VCR player played one of my favorite movies as a kid, which is uh, The Flintstones with John Goodman, uh, Rick Moranis. So it's a live adaptation of The Flintstones. So I got to watch my favorite movie. I got to go to one of my favorite places in the world, Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I will never be as cold again. I think there it was minus 10. It was freezing. We were outside and the players missed their flight. They had issues with their plane. So they were a they were supposed to show up at like noon, one o'clock. They did not get there till five PM. Oh so we God. were out there freezing for three, four hours, waiting for all the players to come back. And they gave a rally. And I was so upset because my favorite player of all time, Brett Favre, couldn't make it because he was going to appear on David Letterman. So he didn't come back to Green Bay for the pep rally. Oh, my God. All these other guys. And my 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 favorite Packer of all time, Reggie White, was there. He spoke. He had, like, a hoarse voice. Like, oh, I'm so happy I won a Lombardi trophy. Uh, Desmond Howard spoke. He's like, hey, I really hope they pay me. No, the Raiders overpaid for him. Yep. And it was just an awesome day because it's one of those you're like, man, I don't know if my team's ever going to win a Super Bowl again. And yeah. then when it happened, even though I was five years old, uh, being able to get out of school, being in an RV, being with my family, uh, screaming. And I didn't care how cold it was or that I was five years old. I probably had to go to the bathroom like 20 times. It's one of those memories that I remember. I think it was January 27th, 28th, 1997. And I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. Yeah, I mean that—that's a great one. I mean, it's like you're when you're first old enough to remember a Super Bowl. You know, that's. So I haven't missed a Packer game since 1995, and that was like the first time I started to kind of know the Packers and like kind of stand around watch yeah uh, the TV because. The Packers are a religion in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't, it was then, but then 96, when they won, I really, really started falling in love with the team and starting to understand football. And like, obviously not in depth, but like knowing what a touchdown is and a touchdown six points and a field goal is three points and an extra point is one. <laughs> and the first time putting it together and watching it when they won, that like that's why I love this team and I love football it's that way of connecting with my dad and during that year and connecting with my cousins and my family and um that's how like my dad connected with his dad and I know that when I have kids like I hope my son's gonna have the same love for the Packers that I do and hope to have that same memory oh dad remember taking you to me to a game or taking me to that super the next time at the Packers are in, I'm going to say it here. I want to be at that Super Bowl. I don't care the cost. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And when the Packers are there, I want to be there as well. Exactly. It is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You never know when you're going to get back or when, you know, the Super Bowl, when you're going to be in the Super Bowl. So, you know, I didn't really start watching football probably until I was like 10, probably 10 years old or something like that, 10 or 11 years old. So, like, I didn't see didn't watch, don't remember any of the first three Super Bowls in 01, 03, 04. Wasn't even watching football. Wasn't even probably, I, I wasn't even conscious as a five-year-old. So I don't even remember that. 
And then really by the time I started watching, it was probably, I'd say, 2009, which was Brady's first year back after the ACL. So, yeah. you know, to me, when I was starting to watch football, it was, you know, 2009, you know, they got stomped in the wild card round against Baltimore. 2010, had they a really good season, Jets. lost the Jets, and that sucked. 2011 was really the first Super Bowl of the Patriots I watched, and, you know, they had a, a bad, you know, they well, they, they actually had, they were up. Aaron Hernandez had caught the, you know, the second touchdown of Brady, which gave them, I think, like an eight-point lead, 17-9. to nine. And, you know, the Giants just clawed back. They lost that one. Gronk had a broken ankle. And then finally, 2014 was definitely my favorite Super Bowl. It beats 51. It beats 53. 55 is really close because that was the Tampa one. But 49, I loved. It was like a it was a 10-year drought for the team. It was really the first Super Bowl that I had watched that they had won. And it was one of those, like, that entire season I loved so much because they that was a team that had fought adversity. People wanted Garoppolo to start after going 2-2. Two and two. People doubted Brady. They thought he was old. And it was like, you know, screw you. I'm right. I'm going to... You know, Brady played his butt off and really was, like, spectacular the whole second half of the season. So, Super Bowl 49, down 10 against the Legion of Boom in the fourth quarter. Brady went 13-15, of only missing two passes in that fourth quarter, threw two touchdowns, one to Danny Amendola, and then the game went to Julian Edelman. So, that's like a squad that, you know, I'll always remember. And then, of course, it ended with Malcolm Butler. And again, I hadn't seen them win a Super Bowl, so I was like, holy crap, they're going to lose. And then Malcolm makes the play. And so that was, it was an incredible game and it really came down to it. So that's my favorite Super Bowl memory. And it's going to be hard to top that one. That should have been the Packers playing. The Packers had an amazing year. That was Rodgers' second year that he won an NFL MVP in 2014. If you remember, you guys played us at Lambeau. This was Devontae Adams' rookie year. And we beat you guys at Lambeau Field because we were both. we were both, uh, we were the two seed because we lost um, to Seattle, but um, we beat you guys, and that was a huge win, I remember. I, I Yeah, I was hoping that Brady was going to get the ball back at the end. He was screaming the F word near the, near the end that he didn't get the ball back, but uh, I think we're up against it right here. It looks like the Zoom is about to run out. So that... That Zoom meeting. Shot clock ran out. 40-minute limit. I don't know why, because, again, we're still, we're, you know, we're on the company's dime here for uh, for the Zoom meeting. But um, but the, only in 40-minute chunks, but we wanted to say a, a final and proper goodbye, so we have Kyle back. No, as always, thanks for letting me come on. Thanks for letting me share my story and uh, my two cents. Uh, we definitely love to do this again and i know that uh first time i did this got great feedback and uh there's some improvement tips so took the feedback and just try to get better every single day so uh as always thank you for the opportunity to be a guest and more importantly andrew thank you for being a great friend thank you and you too kyle and uh i know matt's probably going to sign off here too oh wait this is probably the same amount that matt has said last episode too He's busy watching Family Guy. He has two TVs on. One has American Dad. The other one has Family Guy. You know, it's this is this is literally the equivalent of how it was last time. 
Matt was in the Zoom call, but he was eating and watching two TV shows, like Kyle was saying last time. So, I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure he had he had like thoughts, but not really. He didn't. He didn't. He doesn't have too many thoughts. I, I my guess is, I don't know. He'd say something like, "Oh, I hope no one wins." That that's his game prediction. He hopes no one wins. So that's that's Matt's call right there. All right, so we're we're signing off now. Until next time, we'll regroup next week after the Eagles beat the Chiefs 37-34. All right. Stick to the script. <laughs>